Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nichols College Esports Podcast. I'm Brandon Drake. Stephen Lockwood. And I'm Timothy Doty. And we're joined here today with a special guest. How's it going, everybody? My name is uh, William Rosa, and I'm the NBA 2K captain, and I'm a sophomore here at Nichols. All right. Well, um, welcome. Welcome, Will. Uh, we really just wanted to get you out here so we can get you accustomed with everyone on campus so everyone knows your name and knows what's going on with esports and like p- can put names to faces and uh you know connect with the team a little bit more um we really want to get to know a lot about you as much as we can in the little time that we have with you um so tell us a little bit about uh the each game that you play and um sort of your why you came onto the esports team and w- what are you doing here basically all right that's perfect well, for me personally, I play uh, Rocket League, uh, 2K, Overwatch, and Hearthstone. And I do dabble in the other games. And then um, usually we just play. We have our fun. We compete and everything here. Um, I got into esports and the team here because video games has pretty much been my whole life. I love playing in my free time, and it's always helps me escape any problems or any issues I have in everyday life. So uh, what got you into like playing like all the different games that you play on campus? Like just growing up with them or? Yeah, it was uh, growing up with the old school games. So we're talking about like Game Boys, uh, everything, GameCubes, all that. Grew up with those and everything. Built up enough skills and everything. And then once this school said that, they're releasing a uh, esports co-ed varsity team. Uh, they didn't hesitate to jump at the moment. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, so you said you're the captain of the 2K team, right? Yes, that's correct. So uh, how is that going so far? So far, it's going pretty well. Looking into joining a few tournaments, local ones, and we're part of a CSL um, tournament league so there's a lot of competitions coming up we have pretty much game weekly and it's for big prize pools and everything now we're going to be in p- into we're going to be put into uh another competition so we're going to have two different leagues going on and pretty much that one is for a national league which is for about a 20,000 prize pool exciting stuff exciting stuff um, you know, can you, uh, talk a little bit about, uh, this past weekend, you know, uh, with the Rocket League tournament that you were, uh, put in, uh, I know there was some league and there was Hearthstone, but I know you were a part of the Rocket League. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what happened this weekend? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Rocket League, we were competing. We had, uh, all three of us, we went in, this was our pretty much our first game of our preseason tournament. And it, honestly, it went pretty well. Um, we were playing as a team. We got everything going. It was a little hectic in the beginning because, like I said, it's our first time ever competing, especially in this league, being a new um, team and program. Everything, everybody was playing pretty good. Communication was definitely up there. And it was a learning experience for sure. Everybody was uh, building the techniques, strategies, and that's pretty much as a team and everything, that's what you want to do. You want to practice strategy, and when it comes down to it, implement them into the everyday competition. 
Right. I, I feel like, because I used to play Rocket League, I have about 450 hours maybe on Steam of Rocket League. So I was like lower champ. I got the champ a couple times, but I was always like Diamond 3-ish. And like that's like a big thing is like the teamwork, especially like I would never like solo queue ever. I would only just play with my three friends, or my two friends and me, counting like counting me. And like we, that was like the only three people that I played. And like I feel like that's just something that you learn the different play styles of everybody that you're playing with. So like how 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 big is like the the teamwork and like actually knowing the different play styles of your teammates for like playing like a game like Rocket League. Yeah, I feel like for um, especially for a game like Rocket League, um, playing as a team and keeping that like strategy of teamwork and not feel like oh like everybody's just gonna rush for the ball or everybody's gonna just want to do everything by themselves. The whole teamwork aspect of it plays like the biggest part in it and everything. We tend even when we're not playing the game, we try to figure out exactly how we're gonna play, even though in the moment things can change from our strategy, but. When it comes down to it, as long as we kept the communication going on and kept giving them the other team that feel that we know what we're doing and no matter how long we've been doing it or actually how short we've been doing it, we still are people that can compete with them and hold our own. Yeah, I definitely feel like like you you talk about like the time span of it. It's like it really has like for like Rocket League, yeah, like you guys playing as a team has been a short time, but like you've like you've been playing the game since it came out. So like you and then all the other guys that are on the team have been playing it since the game came out. So you guys have like a basic understanding of like rotations and not to ball chase. So like I, I feel like that's definitely something that it comes with time, like like playing as a team. But you guys know how the game is played and you know how like how teamwork is so paramount in that game. So I think that's pretty it's pretty good. Well, um, you know, we we actually talked a little bit uh, over the weekend about the team and, you know, the actual apparel aspect that we're going with. Um, we're we're going to be talking about that this week, actually. We're setting up a meeting that with the captains um, and figuring out what the actual look is. Uh, and I can't wait for that, to be honest. I don't know about you, uh, yourself. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's something I actually been looking forward to. Once we had that first meeting that we talked about as a team, what type of apparel we would like, if we would want like regular shirts, hoodies, jerseys, and I jumped at the idea of doing a jersey and everything. And like you stated, both of us working together and everything, we create our own personal design, our own unique thing. And honestly, I'm very excited for how it's going to come out. Absolutely. Um, I guess we have a couple more questions and then we can wrap it up because yeah. I don't know what they're doing outside. But... Um, so I guess one other thing is like talking about how like young you are, I guess, like in, in the realm of college, like how, how important do you think it is for like the school to like invest in like esports as a whole? And especially having like a, a young kid, like a sophomore, like yourself, just uh, being like the figurehead of the organization, I guess. I definitely feel like it's an important factor, especially for me being like we stated, like a younger student being a sophomore at this college, like it I have been here for two and a half years two years and pretty much I had the opportunity to gaze with people that are like upperclassmen people that are new to college themselves and also people that are incoming to this school that are still in high school finishing up their senior year and things like that like it plays a huge part in everything it helps me connect to people of a younger age that want that have always thought about hey like I always wanted to be 
in an esports league or take my video game playing to another level. And me being in the position I am in, I can make that happen for them and make it actual reality where they don't have to just be the kid that's just watching people on YouTube or something always about, hey, like, look at this person famous, getting famous over playing what I play and giving them the actual opportunity to be in that person's place and have make their own audience and have people follow what they do. Yeah, so I, I have one more question, at least I don't know if Brendan or Steve have any others. Um, how like how how big do you think like collegiate esports as a whole, not just at Nichols, but like in general, like how big do you think it, like it has the potential to be? Honestly, I have when without a doubt, I know that esports is going to at the school is going to become probably a well-known and big thing, especially for the fact that it's not just a male sport; it's a co-ed, so females and males are welcome. We have like we're building up more games and building games that everyone can take a part of and honestly the feedback we have been getting from re students here other athletes about the team and everything has been blowing up non-stop especially now that we're developing uh it looks like an esports club yep. and everything and that's going to be something that us as a team we're going to try to kind of talk to them and try to figure out how we can like all get together and maybe do events together um partake in same competitions just come together as a group because in the end we're all nickel student and if we're all club and sport we're all technically one team we're all representing esports and representing nickels as a team and that's going to be something that's definitely going to blow up in the school and people are going to know about they're going to know about esports at nickels and the effect it has on students' lives and everything. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So, do you, Steve or Brendan, you got any questions? Um, I first of all, I think that was perfectly said on your part. Um, you know, wrapping this up, I, I don't know if you have a Twitch channel or you want to just shout out your gamer name or anything like that for anyone to be looking out for. Um, but I if you have anything, just throw it out there. Oh yeah, for me, um. Well, my names on the thing are always funny. Now I go by, uh, especially on like Steam and every other thing, it says Silent Storm on it. So if you see that, pretty much you can add me on it. If not, if you still can't find me, you can always come by the eSports room. I'm pretty much the first one in the room always. And I'm always willing to show everybody around, uh, teach them about games and everything. Or if you just want to... Uh, de-stress from the college life always have some fun in there and play some games perfect we really appreciate you uh coming on uh we are really excited for the team this year and really excited to see what you know you trailblazers are gonna do here at Nichols. yeah thank you will thank you All right, once again, we just wanted to thank Will for coming on. Uh, he didn't have to do that, but it's it's a good thing that we had a captain who was willing to come on and do this for us. So um, now we're going to be focusing on one big story that we wanted to talk about, as well as a couple other news stories that uh, I found today that I thought were very interesting regarding esports. So the first news story is that over the last three days, three schools... Three different schools across the United States have announced that they are starting esports programs. 
those schools being Randolph College, Liberty University, and the University of Hawaii in Maui. And um, all of those, all three of those organizations are starting with three leagues only, Fortnite, League of Legends, and Rocket League. So I just wanted to see what you guys thought about that. Well, for, first of all, Hawaii jumping in real quick. I like that. Um, and the the biggest thing that I want to look at and point out is these schools jumped in right away with Fortnite. Uh, you know, it's not first person shooter, but you know, it's the closest thing to it. It's it's a gun game, and they're jumping right in their first year and going right into the deep dark depths of you know the biggest issue that comes with esports gaming. The one thing that I don't understand about all these schools, and even for us, really, is how come more schools aren't getting into Overwatch? Like, that's like the league currently. I mean, now Call of Duty is starting to become franchised, and League of Legends is already franchised to a degree. But, like, the idea of having these almost D-leagues, basically, at these schools where they are basically just like... It's like the MLB or the NBA. They have these schools, and they have the, the players... And then they can either get drafted to these teams. I mean, obviously, I don't know if they're going to be doing a draft for esports, but you never know. And like having these like organizations at the schools playing these franchise leagues, I feel like it would be very beneficial to like the the growth of the the league at least. Well, um, I think I think the biggest thing with that with Overwatch and um, anything of, of that nature is is like what Stephen brought up was the the shooting aspect, and and how some of these schools are are starting right off the bat with these games and and that's why we we kind of started off slow with the, the quote-unquote safer games and because it's it's kind of a dangerous scene to get into nowadays with with all the things going on in in society now and i'm not going to get into politics or anything like that but um jumping right into games like that is is almost almost a little i, I wouldn't want to say not smart but i feel like we we took the right right uh, route so I guess I'll play a little devil's advocate, um, like regarding Overwatch. I know you talked about like how it's tough to get into like the guns and all that, especially at such like a, I wouldn't say a young age because we're everyone's adults here at school. So, like, the guns in Overwatch, for example, I, I can I know a handful of of characters that actually have legitimate guns. Like for example, like Lucio runs around with like a little sonic boom blaster. Like that's not a gun, and he shoots like goo. So like I I mean. I, I think that Overwatch is one of those games where it's kind of on the the edge of a shooter, but it has the like all the guns shoot something of some sort. So I mean that that's where I feel like the school is a little bit hesitant on it. Um, yeah, it, Tim and I talked about this actually last night a little bit um, while we were actually we played Overwatch this weekend, which was actually my first time playing. And I fell in love with it right away. It's fun as hell. Um, and I actually talked to Dave about it, and that is the number one game that's gonna be coming next to the school. Hoping, obviously, hoping, praying that it can come next semester or you know the start of next year. Uh, whichever it is, it, it's probably the easiest game for schools to jump into right away. That's why I was sort of shocked that you know they were going with Fortnite to be the first one obviously it's one of the most popular games out there but you know Overwatch it's a very cool game and it what Dave and I talked about it really doesn't reward killing like that's not the premise of the game the premise of the game is 
capturing an objective, going and taking your vehicle and bringing it to the other end. It does not, it's one of those games completely different from the rest that are shooting games, but don't really reward, you know, killing people. It has, you know, the elimination factor. Oh, this person got this many kills, but really there's healing. There's, you know, how many protection points you get, like all of that. And there's one little killing spot and a few guns in the game that are somewhat realistic but it's not like Call of Duty where you can name those guns. You can't name those guns off the top of your head. Those are just some futuristic type deal. They're shotguns, but you don't know what they are. Yeah, I, I totally understand. I totally agree with you. Um, and I think you, you raise a really good point. Like you said, it's 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 that game that is the easier to get into. It's it's kind of that gateway game that could could lead to conversation later. Maybe if Overwatch does get accepted into the college sports league um and it could be a, a nice conversation starter to get into other games like Fortnite or or on way later maybe call of duty but um yeah i totally agree with you all right so our second news story um is the city of pittsburgh's professional esports organization the pittsburgh knights has added a rocket league team and they are going already actually this team was already actually competing in rlcs season eight and the team will compete actually at Heinz Field, which when I was reading this article, I was like, really? Like, Heinz Field actually has, like, a video game? They call it the video game zone at Heinz Field, which I was like, wow. That's, like, the, the first actual proper esports arena that I've actually heard of. And um, the team was formerly known as the Peeps, and their roster consisted of Mist Gyro and Rettles. And they actually came in first place at DreamHack Pro Circuit Montreal. That was last month, I believe, in September, yeah. And um, they ended up beating Vitality in the loser's bracket and then beating G2 in the final, which is, like, shocking. Like, when I was reading this article, I'm like, who the hell are these guys? And then I, because I, I, I really haven't been keeping up on RLCS so far this this season, and I should have be, I should be. But I saw that, and I was like, wow. Beat Vitality, and Vitality smoked everybody at rlcs season seven and then g2 i know this year has been hot they're probably them and cloud nine and and and, and i guess nrg they are they're the top three teams in north america and uh, what i've known and they just come in and beat them i heard that they were up 3-0 in the final at dreamhack i mean then g2 brought it back to a game seven but still that's crazy yeah and and like like you said they originally from the peeps and that's kind of like the peeps come up from RLRS, win RLRS, and then get introduced to RLCS, and then just just mow through everybody. Well, like the same, like just like season seven, because I actually kept up with season seven. You could say the same thing about Space Station. Space Station, they were an RLRS team. They come in RLCS, and they they took it to those teams, and they they made it to they made it to the RLCS tournament. So I mean that that's something like these RLR teams are definitely pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. There's definitely not a lack of skill. There's no. I wouldn't say it's the lower league, even though it's it's less less skill, quote unquote. But I definitely think that there there's some un undiscovered talent down there, for sure. Definitely, yeah. And then actually, Steve, do you have anything to talk about that, or you don't really keep up with much Rocket League? I think you guys pretty much said all of it. Yeah. Okay. And then the final news story. This came out as of a couple of days ago. That Offset has officially invested in FaZe Clan. And 
that's pretty crazy because Offset is a pretty large name invested in FaZe. And I believe earlier on this year, Juju signed with FaZe. So that's that's something that the, the esports world needed. Yeah, uh, honestly, there hasn't been like a huge amount of news in, in this realm about all the people that are actually investing. That's the thing. Like, there's pro athletes, there's organizations from the Patriots, Celtics, down the list, everywhere that are following esports and are investing in esports. You know, um, Tim and I talked a little bit. His favorite team, the Utah Jazz, Rudy Gobert, he invested in a team. Like, they know the, the value of esports and they're, you know, waiting on that and investing in it and trying to make it even bigger. I have that in my notes here. Rudy Gobert investing in Rogue along with Steve Aoki, the yeah, musician. I, I got a list of uh, celebrities here that I could I could spend 10 minutes just naming all of them. Like Shaquille O'Neal, for, uh, for instance, in NRG. Him and I think three other investors raised $15 million. Jimmy Rollins and yeah. Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. That's crazy. Magic Johnson investing in Team Liquid. Mm-hmm. That was in 2016. That was... I believe when the League of Legends League was starting to become franchised, because I know Team Liquid are a pretty prominent team in the in that league. Uh, Rick Fox, three-time NBA champion for the La- for the Lakers, he owned his own organization. Unfortunately, that fell out pretty quickly. Oh yeah, you can go watch mu- millions of YouTube videos on that. Uh, Drake and Scooter Braun, we've talked about that one on the podcast already. Uh, investing in 100T. Um, let's see what else. Mark Cuban. Yep, Mark Cuban. Of course, Mark Cuban. He's always in everything. That man is investing in every single aspect out there. Robert Kraft and his Kraft Group, 2018 Boston Uprising for Overwatch, which I'm surprised that they aren't doing the same thing for the Call of Duty League. Um, I, I really don't know many people that are jumping into you know the shooting aspect quite yet. Um, off the top of my head, obviously, but. I think that is probably one of the next steps to jumping into that once they get their own league. I mean, yeah, I, I guess you can look at it like the Call of Duty. People have known that Call of Duty is slowly on the decline as regards to an eSport. Obviously, when it first came out, it was hot. Like, hot off the press, like, let's go play COD. And now since, like, the games have been getting negative reviews and all the stuff like that, that the viewership numbers on Twitch and everything like that for Call of Duty has been extremely low. And I, th- I could see why, like, you could look at the example, like, how much were they offering league spots for Call of Duty? It was like $25 million. Yeah, just, a franchise to get a spot. just to get a spot. Like, and big teams, like, for example, 100 Thieves, they're, what, like a $100 million company, and they can't, and, they, and Nade went on, video and said we can't afford this because it it will jeopardize our company and like that's crazy that big teams like this don't want to invest well that that's the thing that you run into with these tournaments becoming the games like it's it's not like you could just make a league like mlb like it's a game it's a concept right no one really owns that you can play it you can organize it you do whatever this is this is a particular company that owns this game that you know you have to work with and companies are companies companies want money you know they're going to 
ask as much as they want and as, as much as they can because they own the property rights. It's like, you know, Xbox owns some games and they can't give it to Sony because Sony's not willing to pay the price. Same the other way. And, you know, th- this is the thing and it's the one of the bigger issues besides, you know, all the other political aspects that are in there. This is probably one of the biggest issues that are going to come up is that games want the money. And it's either you're going to play it, uh, pay it, or you're not going to play it. And that's it's going to have to one side's going to have to budge. Yeah, and um, that that begs the question: Are you sacrificing talent? So all these teams that have really good players that can't fit the bill, are you are you lowering the skill gap in these tournaments to to just to make a quick buck? Are are you lowering the entertainment value for the viewers or or the fans that watch it just just to make money? Um, I think that to a degree that is true, but I, I have noticed that, especially with the new rosters being announced for Call of Duty, that a lot of organizations that aren't in the franchise league are willing to give up contracts for players that actually want to play in the league and have the skill to play in the league. So, I mean, I see where you're coming from with that, but I don't know if there's going to be like an amateur league for unfranchised teams, but I don't think that they would be willing to keep players on their organizations and just have them rot away there. Like, I don't, like, I, and if that is happening, that's not fair. 100%. So, I mean, this, this topic actually kind of segues beautifully into our discussion where we uh, were going to talk about what do you think the future is for celebrities investing in esports organizations? Like, granted, all the ones that we just listed here, those are all within the last five years. And how long has video games been around? Esports been around. 15, 20, 25 years. I mean, granted, back then it wasn't that big, but now you're looking at it in the last five years. How many, and this is just to name a few, just to name a few investors. And all of these new organizations that are coming out are looking for investors. And I feel like celebrities and people who are well-known in their field, whether that be uh, arts or movies, sports, pop culture, they're all doing it. Yeah, uh, obviously with the explosion of esports and people investing it came with twitch a little bit you know sort of making it more mainstream um really i think the biggest aspect is i think more people will jump on the bandwagon once there is a collective overarching like almost commissioner like you know the commissioner of baseball commissioner nfl there sort of has to be more organization to these organizations obviously we talked about the games um having their own you know say in everything with who's gonna you know be able to play it um and it's gonna be hard to you know each game has their separate entities and it's sort of hard to put it all under one roof i guess that's a good way of looking at it um i guess i will play once again play devil's advocate with you do you think that do you really think that that's the reason why that these people aren't investing is because of the the newness of the leagues or is because of like the structure like you said like no commissioner but like I feel like as long as they know like these franchise leagues they're not really changing from what they were normally when they were unfranchised so I mean I I don't know like the see to me the factor with the organization like you know it coming together it makes it more viable and you know 
you can see you can physically see it's structured that's that's what i'm mostly looking at you physically see that structure you know it's there it's not okay this is sort of like a startup company you know people invest in startup companies because they like that risk because they can get that reward you know these are the early investors that are going in and you know saying we want this to happen and we want to make the big bucks on the other end because we're the, we're the first people here um and you know early adopters are those people and then once those early adopters they make their money a lot of people jump in on top of that and i think that's really what you know these people that are giving the money early like mark cuban and drake and all the sports players since they're doing that they're creating the structure and once the structure's there then it's going to explode yeah and i th- i think to that point, I, I agree with you, but I also think things like articles like this um, I'm seeing on my screen right now is a Montreal-based law firm is suing Fortnite for being as addictive as like um, drugs, like actual drugs. And I think I think you, you're a celebrity. You're you're on the outside. You're looking at this. And you're like, I can't be. I can't associate my name with something like that. I I almost feel like video games ha- still have that negative connotation that they've had for. A long time that they cause violence. Well, we're not going to get into that, um, but I think that that is a major player in 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 why a lot of people aren't actually investing. I think Fortnite is the reason why people are investing. I I think that the explosion of Fortnite. I mean, granted, all of our discussions always lead back to Fortnite, and I hate that freaking game. I don't play. I haven't played it in like a year. So, I, but I, it is true. Fortnite has put. Esports and video games on the map in general, and I feel like people seeing the explosion of Fortnite on Twitch and knowing, holy crap, this game can make a lot of money, and that's why I feel like, oh, so if Fortnite can make a lot of money, then these leagues with actual structured leagues, they can make a ton more money. So why don't we invest in them and see what we can get out of it? And I guess another question that I have is. Like, like I talked about Robert Kraft, he invested in the Overwatch League, and it's owned by the company that owns the New England Patriots and the New England Revolution. So do you think that with the Boston Uprising now, do you think that there's going to be more franchises that are connected with these ownership groups? Do you think that they will start to invest in these franchise leagues and slowly push the other esports organizations out i think i think yeah come time i think it's going to take a little while i don't think it's going to be immediate and i think it's probably going to take one one large name like i mean obviously robert Kraft's very large name but i think it's going to take a couple large large names to come in take that step and then everybody else realize just like you were talking about how fortnite kind of put it on the map and then all these people are realizing that it's a legitimate investment and those couple people come in and make those other other investors realize and other companies realize that it, it is possible and um going off that um i i almost feel like after talking about this part and you know Robert Kraft jumping in jumping in not honestly i feel like that's what it needs to be because they know the structure of how leaks work out these you know, games and just people jumping into it. You know, 
nothing on like people like Nate Shot making their own company and everything like that. Like great on him. Like he knows what he's doing. He's making his money like and he loves it. At the same time, they're not creating these leagues yet. They're not making them happen. And I think it takes someone on the end of that knows what's going on and has been there before. I have a hot take for you. Go ahead. I think in the next 10 to 15 years, every organization, esports-wise, will be a part of some ownership group of a major United States sports league. So I, I think that, like for example, with Optic, how that whole thing went down with Infinite. Infinite is a part of the some organization in Texas. They own the Texas Rangers, and a couple other like league, like franchise teams, and act and the main, the core four sports leagues in the United States. So I think that a lot of these organizations are going to not quote unquote sell out because that just has a bad connotation. But they are going to sell to these major ownership groups that are parts of these leagues because that's in their best interest. If esports really wants to become a sport, which personally I think it is, and I think that creating that that atmosphere that this is a big league and it's going to become a big five league in the in the United States, then it needs to be with these structured organizations. I I completely agree on that point to be honest. It it like I was saying, they know what they're doing and they have the money to do it. And, you know, if those people like Nate Shaw can become a part of it still and stick with those groups, I think that's honestly the best situation for esports. Yeah. yeah, yeah that, I couldn't have said it better myself. Okay, so I think we got one more thing we wanted to talk about, right? Um, we, we wanted to talk a little bit um, about the commentary aspect. Brandon uh, is looking to become a part of the esports team and actually commentating them. So, Brandon, tell me, tell everyone a little bit about like what you're thinking in in that end. Yeah. So, um, obviously, my my main experience in is Rocket League at this point until until more games are added. Um, but my my current plan is to participate not not play but participate in the Rocket League tournaments or even scrimmages that we we play in and and kind of just like provide an, an extra entertainment value to those games instead of just having you sit there and watch have me uh commentate over it and maybe maybe even go into a play-by-play or like in between games add add extra extra talking points or entertainment value so it's not just watch a game next game watch a game next game what what is your um like biggest influence when it comes to how how would you commentate how so what do you mean like um you're a rocket league guy obviously what you know i want i watched league before i watched a few other um commentating aspects you know like when i think of commentating i think of soccer because of how energetic they are i'm not a soccer fan but you know their commentary because of how energetic and how much input they put into it so Along that aspect, do you think more analytical or just more reacting on on certain aspects? Probably more reaction based, just because I like if either one of you know Courage JD. Oh, obviously, yeah, yeah. obviously the the in my opinion the most famous Call of Duty commentator and obviously now Fortnite player. One hundred percent. 
and he's he's super energetic even when he's not commentating during his streams he's so energetic and i kind of want to kind of want to like go along with that and and yeah a little analytical here and there but just just be entertaining to watch i think that's the the most important thing especially with commentary is you need that the commentators are the people that that attract the the people to the game and it keeps people watching Definitely, and, and I really can't wait to see that happen. Um, you know, I was here for the first weekend of, and you know, it was very interesting. And it would, I would love to see that aspect put into it because it also makes, it makes us more solidified, more like we're doing this thing. It's not just, you know, we're playing the games and we might stream every once in a while, not interacting with you know the, our people that you know we're connecting with our audience, and it sort of gives that extra factor to it. All right, so that looks like it wraps up episode three of the Nichols College Esports Podcast. Uh, next week, I don't know again what we're going to be talking about, but we'll figure it out ten minutes before the show. So that is from Tim, Steve, and Brandon, and we will see you next week.